Hello everyone. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. My name is Mocha. And I'm here to guide you through, well, today's episode. And today's episode is brought to you by these nuts, peanuts, of course. These nuts, peanuts can be found at any local Walmart, I guess. So, for those of you who want to pick up these nuts, peanuts, just remember, you're not eating any, you're not eating good nuts unless you're eating these nuts. So, anyway... I would prefer to get on with the show. So they end up saying that um, once the show starts, opens with Triple H, he comes to the ring, and he ends up saying that Vince did a crime last night, and he took his title, he stole Triple H's title from the Survivor Series 1999 pay-per-view. As I told you all before, um, Brian Zane covered the Survivor Series 1999 pay-per-view, and that got me to think, hmm, what am I going to do this week? Of course, I don't want to do the same pay-per-view that he did, because that would seem a little bit, you know, like I'm copying someone, someone else, rather. And Survivor Series has this reputation for being, like, screwy, in a way. So, for those of you not aware, this is the second recording. The first recording, for whatever reason, um, accidentally unplugged my microphone. So, I was 47 minutes in when it accidentally happened. So, I am extremely upset and sad. Saddened about what it is that I had to do it broke my heart to have to start again from the 47 minute mark however or from the one minute mark back to the 47 minute mark however let's try to get through this again so Triple H says that Vince McMahon committed a crime last night by stealing his title at the Survivor Series, so uh, there was a fast count. There was a um, fast count on the part of Vince McMahon. And he says that a crime was committed, and he will be, Triple H says that he will be the judge, jury, and executioner uh, tonight. He will make Vince... Uh, McMahon pay for the crime that was committed last night. He talks about the attempted to get every special um, referee or for that matter any um, special enforcer and how he would always put him in multi-man matches for and honest to God I can relate to Triple H in one way or another whenever he talks about multi-man matches because me, myself, I hate it whenever I'm looking at a wrestling card that I'm about to review 
and I've made the decision to review that wrestling card, and then I see a six-man tag team match, and then I see either another six-man tag team match or an eight-man tag team match, or for that matter, I see, you know, uh, Royal Rumble, for instance. I really don't like, you know, Royal Rumbles all that much whenever I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to make a um somewhat of a a solid pay-per-view or review of that uh, show of any sort Anyway, Triple H talks about the uh, crime that was committed last night. He talks about the uh, attempted every special referee enforcer from here to Timbuktu. And Triple H, to try to keep Triple H down. And how many multi-man matches. The job done. Road Dog. Okay, so they make a reference to the fact that uh, Road Dog, well, Vince McMahon comes to the entrance ramp, and of course he's talking a little bit, and um, he references the fact that if Road Dog really wants to find out what doggy style is, because Road Dog, whenever he comes to the ring, in case you don't know, there's just some people who listen to my podcast to support me not really because they're wrestling fans and for that I would like to thank you and I appreciate um, all of your uh, time that you spend listening to the Gut Wrench podcast but for whatever reason whenever the road dog comes to the ring he always comes out and he always says we're about to kick this bit this biatch into doggy style you know and he'll always like say is there any more dogs in the house you know because he's the road dog jesse james and um the road dog for whatever reason vince mcmahon makes a sly joke and he says that if the road dog was to go to jail he would figure out what doggy style really is so there you go. You can figure it out yourself, Road Dog. What doggy style really is. And if that's the case, and if that's the case, then he also talks about how X Pac would have to learn how to suck it because, you know. They always do them like the crutch chop and telling everybody to suck it. I'm a little bummed out that I have to start all over again. I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen, that there's no, like, you know, actual luster, I guess you could say, in my voice. <clears throat> Excitement aside, though. Vince McMahon comes out and he talks about the fact that Steve Austin got run over. And, like I said, I would like to look at that that um Steve Austin being run over a little bit and maybe um 
criticize it a little bit. They only show it from one camera angle, but they show it multiple times. And Brian Zane, the guy that I talked about on YouTube, who reviewed the um, titular pay-per-view, um, for whatever reason, he talked about how there was a Steve Austin um, look-alike or a stunt double. And it's extremely hard for me to believe, unless they had some sort of tricky, trickery camera work that was um, helping them to really take... Uh, here on my notes, it's like, it's hard to believe, and it should be hard for anyone else to believe, that a Steve Austin stunt double... Uh, you know, on a live pay-per-view for a stunt double to just uh, miraculously appear and then get run over and then, you know, whatever else. You know, just woo, drive away. And upon further investigation, everyone rushes to Steve Austin's aid to try to help him out, you know. I mean, everyone's like, oh, shit, I hope he's okay. But in reality, this was all a ruse. It was a not so well played out storyline and a not so well played out uh, con, if you will. I feel as though that they wanted to tie the lines to the storyline um, a little too early and they really didn't think about what it is that they were going to have the perpetrator or perpetrators um, saying before they actually decided that it was a good idea to um, write the story, finalize it, and then say, oh, okay, we've got ourselves a um, a wrestling match here. Or, for that matter, we've got ourselves some sort of uh, storyline here filled with drama, excitement, and whatever else that you want to throw in there. <coughs> because to me, I really don't see any drama, I really don't see any excitement, and for that matter, I'm, I'm not seeing any sort of, you know, knowing how it plays out. I don't see any consistency, and that's one thing that I would enjoy seeing especially in a whodunit like this because that's exactly what they're doing they're trying to put the thought into the mind of the audience of we've got all these suspects ooh it's time to play a game of clue whodunit you know they used a vehicle and that's what we know and you find out later that the vehicle was in the in the rock's name it was a rental unless some clever camera work on the pay-per-view live event hard to believe now I have a lot more notes here um, that aren't really relevant to
that aren't really relevant to the um, story here but I'm going to try to say them anyway you see that thing on your wall yes you you're probably at your house you see that thing right there on your wall you know the thing that you can turn up and down be thankful that you have it it's called a thermostat it's called a thermostat be thankful that you have it because I don't have one and right now I am freezing my balls off freezing cold right now anyway my house has no duct work so no ducks work on my house no quacking around here that's for damn sure once Vince McMahon comes out and he starts talking about the fact that you know there's gonna be police looking around detectives and stuff of that nature There's going to be detectives walking around and and um, for that matter they're going to be sniffing around the area and they're going to be looking at each and every one of you. Of course he's pointing at Degeneration X as Vince McMahon is on the ramp and they're in the ring and he's talking about the fact that... <laughs> They might um, be asking you some questions later on in the night. And don't worry, we'll get to those uh, titular questions, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the thing, though. Like I said, they really finagled the storyline. And had it been me, I would finagle it a little bit better, you know? I feel as though that I could do it a lot better I won't give you a fantasy booking scenario really but if you were to look at the at the thing that they did you could do it a lot better so weeks later it would be um, for whatever reason it would be revealed that Triple H hired Rikishi to run over um, Steve Austin under the pretense that as long as as long as um, Triple H became WWE Heavyweight Champion again that Rikishi would get a shot at the title if I remember correctly and then he would start playing games with the big show about you know oh you want your number one contendership well you gotta do this you gotta do that you know you gotta run some errands for me and for that matter Vince McMahon especially Triple H 
but Vince McMahon um, has a problem. There's a thorn in his side, and that thorn's name is Triple H. So Vince McMahon himself would probably benefit from having someone, you know, pay someone. And here's the the way that I would take the story myself, but they didn't do it this way. Vince McMahon himself would probably benefit from having someone like uh, Austin, who doesn't really obey authority, being run over. And for that matter, not only being run over, but also, you know, being decapitated or, I don't mean to say decapitated, but like, not enabled to wrestle anymore in one way or another, in one frame or another, just to keep him away from the, the, championship or to keep him away from the company because if you don't know there's sort of a love-hate relationship between Mr. McMahon and Steve Austin and I'm sure you've heard of it or at least watched some YouTube clips of Steve Austin giving McMahon hell in a handbasket. He filled his car with cement. His $7,000 um, Corvette he's blown up the DX Express if I remember seeing that correctly which was a tour bus that D-Generation X used to have which directly didn't affect McMahon I suppose you could say but in one way or another Triple H would have motive um and like I said before, uh, Survivor Series has a reputation for being one of those pay-per-views where you look this way, but they swerve you, you know? Oh, you were too busy looking at that. You didn't see what happened over here. And that's what Triple H means by he finagled me or he he stole my championship because there was a fast three count. And later on in the night... For whatever reason, Vince McMahon would say that Triple H screwed Triple H. Where have we heard that before? Vince, or, I'm sorry, not Vince. Sorry about that one. Brett screwed Brett. Because, you know, I mean, that's the biggest screw job that I could think of, at least. Well, the original screw job was much more inept, you know. There was a lady by the name of the Black Spider who wrestled one Wendy Richter and um, the Black Spider was the fabulous Moolah and Wendy Richter thought that she was going to win the match but the Black Spider ended up winning the match in under like five minutes and when the Black Spider actually did win the match and 
Wendy Richter ended up pulling the mask off of her, it was revealed that it was the woman who had, um, well trained her, but not only that, but also sexually assaulted her. Like, if you knew the things that, um, the fabulous Moolah actually did whenever she was wrestling champion for however long that she held it. There's an accurate YouTube video, one or two documentaries, I'm sure. But anyway, um, thank you all so much for joining the Gut Wrench Podcast. No, the episode isn't over. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, Jerry Lar talks about the Pittsburgh Steelers who are sitting, uh, front row in their home state of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They talk about how, um, they talk about the fact that Now that there's police in the uh, building, they talk about the fact that they need to arrest the Pittsburgh Steelers for impersonating a uh, football team. I mean, I don't know if I've already said this, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but had it been me, I would have done this storyline a little differently. And it would have been something along the lines of uh, Vince McMahon runs over Steve Austin in one capacity or another, or he pays someone to do it, and then he frames Triple H because they're both, you know, thorns in his side. So uh, Triple H gets investigated, and so does... I mean, McMahon wouldn't really get investigated unless somebody squealed, you know. But that takes care of two problems at one time. Mankind versus Val Venus, and I gave it two out of five stars. <clears throat> they talk about how Mankind's books on the New York Times bestseller uh, list, it's number two. If you could find it then try to pick it up at Barnes and Noble or bookstores near you um detectives backstage ask the road dog okay so this is kind of the funniest part of this episode at least it is in my views you remember the ad <clears throat> the ad at the beginning of the episode where I said these nuts there's a reason that I did that Detectives backstage ask the road dog for his real name. He says with a straight face, Yes, sir. First name. And then he goes, First name's D's. And then he says, The detective wants to spell check that. He says, So that's D E E Z. And he says, Yes, sir. And then he said, Okay, what's your last name? And then he says, Nuts. 
<laughs> so he got he got the detective really good. He was able to um uh, he was able to pull a, a little bit of a Houdini on the detective there and Triple H spits out his water. It's so funny. I've seen this clip before, but I I've actually never seen it like the context behind it. You know, I've seen this clip online before, but never really seen the context behind it. Uh, Triple H exactly says exactly what I was thinking. That if anyone has a motive, it would be Vince trying to get rid of uh, Austin for two years. And then all of a sudden he comes back and he's Mr. Nice Guy. Something about that smells rotten. Wouldn't you guys agree? Pat Patterson brings up the fact that Steve Austin has held Vince McMahon hostage in the past. And I don't remember that, but, I mean, it could have happened. Luna shows up to give Test and Stephanie a gift. It's a taxidermied squirrel. And something that I forgot to mention, um, Mankind versus Val Venus, give it two out of five stars. Um, so... Later on in the night, um, something's going to happen, but, but, um, I went ahead and put this right here for whatever reason, even though Al Snow hasn't had his wrestling match yet, but they talk about the fact that Al Snow is in a bad place right now because, uh, Walmart pulled his action figure from stores Walmart's nationwide pulled his action figure from stores because of the um the depiction of a severed head on it. Now if anybody if anybody knows anything about you know head it's Al Snow. Al Snow literally walks around with a severed head and it's like a mannequin head, but apparently someone in Georgia or something of that nature, some affiliation with Georgia, ended up making a complaint and saying something along the lines of, it looks like a heavered, a severed head from a sex doll, or something like that. And it's very misogynistic to women. So if you don't know Al Snow's gimmick, for whatever reason, I honestly don't know Al Snow's gimmick either. Even though I've been watching him for like years. He comes out with this severed head that he sometimes uses as a weapon. He talks to it. And if you hold it upside down, it spells help me on it. And sometimes he'll write help me on his forehead too. <clears throat> I don't really understand the validity of the gimmick. I've never really questioned it. You know, whether or not he's trying to act like a psychopath or or a mass murderer or just some crazy person that walks around talking to his talking to this head, this mannequin-like head, but I really don't think that his action figure being pulled from Walmart stores is a reason for him, you know, going off the deep end, so to speak. I mean, at the same time, I've also 
not to sound like a moron or anything, but I've also like seen Al Snow um, have a wrestling match with himself. Yes, I've seen that and I've talked about it on here before. Um, I'm sure it's written down somewhere on one of those notebooks that I have. Cat, if you don't quit, Luna gives Test and Stephanie a wedding present. It's a gift and it's a taxidermied squirrel. And um, the Godfather makes his um, entrance. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently he's from the Red Light District. Because that's where they announce that he is from. <clears throat> and it makes sense, seeing as though that he's the Godfather. You know, oh, get ready for the Ho Train. The Ho Train, do you get it? Misogynistic to women. But anyway, um, Godfather versus Kurt Angle. I gave it two out of five stars. The Godfather gets distracted from a protester. It's holding up a sign that I can't quite make out. But Jerry Lawler, according to him, it says um, WWF Worldwide Filth. So for whatever reason, um, do you remember me just getting done talking about the people who censor stuff? like Al Snow's doll or his action figure rather it's not really a doll where he has head and he constantly makes like sexual innuendo toward towards like getting head his theme song literally says what does everybody want what does everybody need and you're supposed to fill in the the blanks you know what does everybody love? The answer to all three of those questions is head. So, anyway. Despite the sexual innuendo um, and the WWF standing for worldwide filth, um, eventually there would be a group on TV here on the wrestling, um, and they would be known as the Right to Censor, RTC. And they would come out, and for whatever reason, they would say, Oh, you can't do that on TV. Uh, you know, we're going to censor that. Or um, anytime Jerry Lawler would have like a bikini contest between two women, he would. they would always come out, they would grab a towel, and then they would be like, You're not allowed to show more than an elbow. What, are you crazy? Are you trying to get us canceled? And then they would always like, you know, they were very anti-party, you know, party poopers, if you will. So, you know, I hate to poop on your party. Just like last week. Last week's episode was sorry for the party, you know. So, take that into consideration, if you will, about, you know being sorry for throwing a party that you weren't invited to and that's exactly what RTC was but this guy holding up this sign this protester sign um and afterwards uh 
Kurt Angle would um, give him the Olympic Slam, which would later be renamed to the Angle Slam, if I remember correctly. The Olympic Slam or the Angle Slam, I'm not really sure which one of those two slams was the name of the move to start. <clears throat> but, you know, it's it's not important, I guess. He gives him the Olympic Slam and afterwards he pins him and he ends up picking up the victory. Um, yeah, so I wrote down here, not sure why it's wrote down here, it should be wrote down up there, but all of the uh, bad things that Mr. McMahon has done, or Austin has done to Mr. McMahon, um, Austin has attacked him in a hospital with a bedpan once, uh, detectives forgot to mention or perhaps it hasn't happened yet, but recall that Austin has filled McMahon's Corvette with concrete, uh, sprayed him with beer in front of the world on live television, attempted to run him over with a with a four-wheeler or a monster truck. I mean, he's got both of those that's got basically the Steve Austin logo on them. Um... Chris Jericho, now we're, we're, now we're where we were whenever I went ahead and uh, did the oopsie-daisy and removed my um, cable, even though we're not timestamped to where we were because the intro to the first episode was a little bit um, too long, so... It's fine, though. I got it. Chris Jericho uh, promised that he would have a... If he could not beat China, he was going to have a sex change. And lo and behold, he lost at Survivor Series. And he did not beat China. 2022 records indicate... Indicated... He has yet to have a sex change operation. China and Miss Kitty come out and start making jokes at Jericho's expense, saying, even though it's the middle of November, but it's going to be, he's going to need Summer's Eve, or poking fun at different tools that they're carrying with them. Uh, China has a pair of a pair of bolt cutters that are like as big as she is but Miss Kitty pulls out little little small scissors and she says we won't need that honey all we'll need is these right here for his little Johnson those are more his size is what she says and for whatever reason also comes out with a and makes fun of his temperament starting that he might need some Tampax tampons his temperament as of late so extra absorbency and for whatever reason I hate to keep saying that but 
It's never really explained. For whatever reason, Jerry Lawler says, I thought you had to go to Sweden to get that operation done. I don't know whether that's true or not, but maybe it was back then. Or maybe he's just, ha ha, look at me, I'm funny. You had to go to Sweden to get that operation done. Ha ha. Jericho versus Gangrel and a Northern Lights suplex for the win. Uh, good on Gangrel off the distraction of China and Miss Kitty who threw a tampon in the ring at Jericho. And it looks like that I didn't give this one a rating for whatever reason. Oh. I'm going to give it two out of five stars. It was quite entertaining. But it didn't last very long. The APA playing a game of cards when Earl Hebner, referee Earl Hebner, comes in and lets them know that these four guys in the parking lot are w wanting to see them and apparently um, they are all the way from Detroit. They come all the way over from Pittsburgh to fight the Acolytes. Two on four in the parking lot as Bradshaw and Farouk clean house. One of them, he hits one of them with a stop sign, throws one of them into a chain link fence, makes one of them eat his boot, and makes, uh, puts one of them in a trash can and throws them into a car. So a lot is happening um, right here. As you can see, there is a lot of shtick just being thrown. Hang on, I gotta go let my cat in. do apologize for once again you know the interruptions man the interruptions can you believe these people So, thank you all so much for waiting as I trip over my blankets. Would you quit that? Get your ass over here. No, quit. You're gonna stop it. You're gonna stop it. Yes, you are. Okay. <clears throat> the APA playing a game of cards and they absolutely wrecked these boys even though it's four on two they're in a parking lot garage of some sort and they absolutely beat these boys until they can't no longer stand and whenever they're done because all they were doing was sitting there playing cards. And Earl Hibner comes up to them and says something along the lines of, 
hey, these boys really want to fight you. And Bradshaw says, Bradshaw looks over at Farouk and then he's like, you still owe me. You still owe me from that last poker game. And then he's like, what? I thought I beat you. And then he's like, no, I had two straight hands or I had full house or something like that. He's like, so I don't play poker. I don't really know what the terminology is and I neglected to write it down. <clears throat> a WWF championship is on the line as the big boss man faces off against the British Bulldog. It's over in like seven seconds because the mean stream posse come the mean street posse rather comes into the ring and gets knocked gets uh involved into the match as Pete Gas gets a choke slam for his troubles and then all four get knocked on their ass. So one of them takes like a I think it's Joey Abs, he takes like a right hand and then another guy takes like a headbutt. Ugh, I, I I don't even know guys it's it's so terrible like you're gonna have a championship match but it's only gonna last seven seconds because Big Show does one thing to the British Bulldog and then after that the Bulldog's you know on his ass looking up at the stars so we get the next um, segment which is an interview with The Rock The next segment, which is an interview with The Rock. <clears throat> and the cops crash the interview. And the interviewer, uh, Michael Cole, wants to know if The Rock wants to... wants to um, take on the big boss man later on tonight for a number one contendership shot at the WWE, WWF championship rather. And The Rock says that he's going to do it. He says, you're damn straight, I'm going to... And he pokes a lot of fun at these cops. He says something about the uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, stop and asked the the rock if he was aware that the car that ran over Steve Austin was in his name was registered in the rock's name he says of course i was aware if you wouldn't have been aware yesterday or being at dunkin donuts stuffing your faces um he ends up telling them that he had reported the car stolen yesterday yesterday <clears throat> then he asks uh, one one of the cops what's his name and then he goes on to say it doesn't matter what your name is the cops try to introduce doesn't matter what you okay the rock reported his vehicle stolen yesterday he he tells the cops to go back to the uh, Dunkin Donuts what's his favorite donut and then the cop tells him what his favorite donut is and then he ends up telling him, what I want you to do is go to Dunkin' Donuts. Get your favorite donut. Get that jelly-filled donut. And then he says, 
Take that some bitch. Turn that some bitch sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass. Yeah, classic Rocky. If you smell what the rock is cooking, and then he walks away as his entrance music plays. A jury lawyer seen talking to the police officers, uh, where for whatever reason he seems to be accusing Jim Ross, his um commentary partner, of being a perpetrator of running over Stone Cold Steve Austin, claiming that he's acting a little funny. When in reality, there's absolutely nothing that Jim Ross can do about his friend being run over uh, with a vehicle. And it's out of JR's hands. So, as far as I can tell, Jim Ross is not acting funny at all. But it's a nice change of pace in the storyline. You know, it's a nice, like, who done it. You know, you, you need to point the finger at everybody, and for that matter, be sure to uh, keep you on your toes. Because like I said, Survivor Series has a reputation. This, this pay-per-view right here that we're getting ready for here in November has a reputation for, like, uh, screw jobs and, and whodunits and stuff of that nature. Road Dog versus Al Snow. Mick Foley comes out uh, after Al Snow ends up losing, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> I give it three out of five stars, but Mick Foley comes out, match, after to cheer up uh, frustrated Al Snow. And is he's singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow, and then tells him that they're going to go on vacation to Los Angeles. Las Vegas, rather. I'm so sorry. Um, they're going to go to vacation to Las Vegas. And he says it's the City of Angels, which is not Las Vegas. It's Los Angeles. Allow me to try that again. He says that they're going to go on... He says that they're going to go to vacation to the City of Lost Angels which is not Las Vegas, in case you guys don't know. That's Los Angeles. But after saying that he's going to go to vacation with Al Snow to Las Vegas, he also ends up calling it the city that never sleeps, which is not Las Vegas, even though it could be considered Las Vegas, seeing as though that the city also never sleeps. But the city that never sleeps is apparently New York, Chris Jericho uh, grabs a cameraman. He says, hey, cowboy, you want a scoop? And he says, follow me. He grabs a cameraman into a closet where you can't see practically nothing. But he grabs a cameraman into a closet uh, where he has China tied up to a chair claiming that the situation isn't so funny now, is it? Jericho has China uh, reportedly with a hammer. Yeah, so as far as I can tell, it's a hammer in his hand, and he 
hits her repeatedly. That doesn't say reportedly. I'm an idiot and I can't read. Uh, in her uh, shoulder and arm area. And whenever they're loading China onto a stretcher, there's blood running down her arm and crying as though that she's lost some blood and some nerve damage. Our next match is Test versus Mr. Ass. Uh, <clears throat> the story centers around Test's broken nose for this match um, because Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn, apparently uh, broke his nose few weeks ago this match uh, he, he lost some he gets to keep his heat um, by doing a famouser even though Billy Gunn lost the match uh, and then we get a Arnold Schwarzenegger here to promote his movie or sitcom or the name of his film or the production it never really tells you and if it does, then I guess I just wasn't paying attention as to whether or not it does tell you whether or not it's a movie or whether or not it's a um, sitcom or whatever Arnold Schwarzenegger had going on at this time. But it's apparently called End of Days. So if you were to look up End of Days and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess you would find something that came out around this time, November, December 1999. Uh, Triple H will face off against the Big Red Machine, the Big Red Monster, Kane. But before that, they uh, taunt Kane and lure him into a certain part of the arena so that they could ambush him in order to try to make sure he's not 100%. And Vince McMahon drops this bomb. Triple H screwed Triple H. Triple H versus Kane, two out of five stars. It was a DQ finish. The winner of the match will be crowned the number one contender for the WWF Championship as the big boss man, the hardcore champion, um, versus The Rock. And I give it two out of five stars. The Rock has snapped, um, taking out everyone who gets in his way and making everyone pay for him losing the match. So after the match was over, The Rock grabs a chair and he just starts swinging on like any, anyone who wants to help the big boss man. And he's swinging on referees, he's swinging on like anyone and everyone and it seems like he's a little bit distraught, he's spitting on the big boss man, he's kicking him while he's down he's beating him repeatedly with a chair because uh the big boss man won thanks to interference from uh prince albert prince albert comes out uh he starts to help the uh rock oh he starts to help the rock get his ass kicked maybe but he doesn't start to help the rock um <clears throat> and as far as i can tell they were going for the personal rivalry, apparently, between the Big Boss Man and the Big Show. The Big Boss Man and the Big Show. Do you get it? They're both big. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? You just give me one second. I can't exactly end the episode right now. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I won't do it. First, I gotta acknowledge what... I gotta acknowledge something here. I'm pulling out my phone and I'm trying to stall for time here just to give me a brief moment. You know, like you did whenever I was letting my cat in. Unless that was the last episode, I'm a little bit confused as to whether or not it was this episode or the one that I didn't record. Okay, okay. So... This is episode number 56. What do you know? For a second there, whenever it said year active, I thought it said, instead of saying 2022, I thought it said 2002. I was going to say, yeah, right. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Been doing this episode, been doing this uh, for a decade and I didn't even know it. For two decades, rather. Sorry. Um, Thank you all so much for joining me. That's a wrap. Good night, everybody. Sorry for ending it early, but I really don't have anything else to say. Much of anything else to say other than follow me on Twitter um, at P1 underscore BBAY. Um, I would say Instagram, but no, it's, that's okay. You don't need to follow my Instagram. I'm just extremely cold, extremely tired. And for that matter, my voice is starting to like go away. I was also expecting there to be more interruptions. Please, um, give me five stars if you will. I deserve all the stars. I deserve all the admiration and all the attention. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you do, especially like giving me five stars, that that would be great, fantastic, wonderful, good night everybody, and that's a wrap, and that is a wrap.